We are on Nun Aleph, Nun Amud Aleph, in this book, page 218, where it begins, Okay? So, if you recall last time, we had the whole question... Well, I was asking her. What we had the whole question of how do you do the zimun, specifically with questions of if you have three, ten plus one, a thousand plus one, ten thousand plus one, you do baruchu or zestes nivarech, you recall, Um, and we eventually, in the terms of halacha, it says it stays as as nivarech, but we're going to see that in a moment. Secondly, we dealt with the issue of the liturgy, and we had the difference between a Talmud Chacham and a Bur. You recall you said Mituvo instead of Bituvo and all those kind of things. So the issue basically saying that you were getting the liturgy wrong, and in being wrong in the liturgy, you were ultimately showing your ignorance. And as we said above, that because of table fellowship and the Pharisees, this was all very important in that realm. And so we've, we're dealing again with this concept of the um, how, how you lead a, a the liturgy. Does somebody have to invite you to it? How do they invite you to it? We'll eventually get to the um, issue of how you do it in a Beit Knesset. And I have to apologize before we start. After 29 years, I'm one week off of a section here, and you'll see in a moment. I just... Just by you know one class, uh, we were just too far ahead, and it just worked that way. So, I apologize. Um, so, again, we're on Nun Amud Aleph, page two eighteen, beginning with the section Achada Sarav Achada Sararibo. Everybody has this. Everybody has it. Everybody has it. Just so I know. Okay, who wants to take it today? Okay. Okay, that was the thing. It didn't matter what if you had ten or if you had ten thousand Asararibo. The question is again, does the Zimun change? Remember we had the whole section of the Mishnah that the bigger the group got, the bigger the language got in terms of an extolling God in that realm. If you want to see, Hagufa Kasha means we have a Kushia. We have a question from the text itself. Gufa means the text itself. Amrad, Echad Asara, Vechad Asara, Ribo. Elma, Ki Hadade Ni Nihu, Vehadar Katane Kotane. Vemea Omer, the Elef Omer, the Ribo Omer. No, 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 okay. Here we go, Okay, just stop there for a second. Okay, so it says, what we have here is a contradistinction, a conflict between the text itself. In the Achada Sarav, Achada Sararibo means no matter whether you have 10 or 10,000, the Zimun is exactly the same. Okay? That's what that, that concept means. But... We also have a text that says, what? Alma ki hade hadninhu. They are the same things. 
Bahadar Katani, and then we learned the Mea Omer this. When you have a hundred, you say these words. And in Elef, in a thousand, you say these words. And in ten thousand, Veribo, you say these words. Meaning, it's either one or the other. It can't be both. It can't be you say the same thing, or it can't be that you say the opposite. That you say different things each time. If you look back at the Mishnah, which we had studied last week, it tells us already that there is a difference between, amongst all of them. All right? Amongst all of them. And it says at the bottom, Rabbi Yossi Aglili Omer, Lefi Rova Kahal Heimivarchim. Okay? That's the, that's the question. So we have a text that says you say exactly the same thing, and we have a text that says that you say something different each time the numbers go up. Well, clearly, what? You can't say that both are the same. So we have a kushia from the text itself. Therefore, Amar of Yosef. Okay. Amar of Yosef, la kasha. La kasha, meaning there is no real conflict. Harabi Harabi Akiva. Okay, one is the view of Rabbi Yosef Aglili. That comes from the Mishnah. I just read Rabbi Yosef Aglili Omer, Lefi Rov Akahal Heimivarchim. According to the size of the kihila, of the congregants, congregation, that's how we do it. Meaning, the more, the more extolling God that we get, the more words that we add, all of the same. And the other one? <laughs> that comes right from the text, okay? So Rabbi Akiva is the one who holds Echad Asara, Echad Asara Ribo. It doesn't matter if you have ten or you have ten thousand, the language is exactly the same. Rabbi Yossi Aglili in our Mishnah itself basically says that the opposite. The Lefi Rova Kahalim Ivarkim, Shneamar, Makelot, Barhu Elokim, Hashemim Kor Yisrael. So in other words, you have two opinions. One is Rabbi Yosiaglili, one is Rabbi Akiva. They're both of the Tanaitic period. They can disagree with one another. Just a quick comment. In this Gomorrah, the, there's Roshi Tevot for Rabbi Akiva Rish Ayan, which means you had to know what that meant. Yeah, oh yeah. He must, he, obviously, his, his uh, presence uh, was so significant. Every other rabbi, rabbi and uh, you'll get some. Sometimes you'll get others. You'll get you, 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 right. You'll get some people. Rebaz, Rebaz, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Here in this right. Right. Um, if you would, right, if you study yeah. enough, you would know it's Akiva in the same way as you would know Ribaz is Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, and, and Ribal is Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi. I mean, there's certain ones that that are pretty clear once you've studied enough of the text. Yeah. Right. Right. You had to know it. You had to know it. Okay. Now, the next one. Now we're going to go from. Right. But we're going to go from Birkat Amazon to the synagogue. Because where else do we do Baruch <coughs> Where do we do Baruch The Minyan. Clearly the Torah reading. Okay? So the question is, do we add, you've got now, does it matter, I'll pi Rova Kahal, does it matter how many people are out there? Clearly you have to have a Minyan. 
that goes without saying in order to say Elokeinu but what, what happens at that point? Okay. Amar Rabbi Akiva, Mamatzinu Beveknesset. Okay, and etc. So the Mishnah goes back and says, Doesn't matter how many you have, as long as you have a minimum. The minimum and the maximum doesn't matter. Baruch Hashem, Yashmael Amar Baruch Hashem Avorach. Okay, so you don't change the language whether it's Asara or Asara Ribo. That's Rabbi Akiva's view. Now we're going to go. To back to the to the, we've got this disagreement between Rabbi Yosei Aglili and Rabbi Akiva. What now? We know Rabbi Rabbi, Rabbi you know, Yosei Aglili says that the numbers change. Why? We have a biblical verse, the Fi Rov Hakahal. The more you get, the Rov Hadrat Melech. The more prestige there is with a congregate, the numbers go up. Therefore, what we can do at that point is add words. We know from Rabbi Akiva what, the, what his answer is, but where does Rabbi Akiva get it from? We have to figure all that out. The Rabbi Akiva, I cried the Rabbi Yossi Hadili, my Avedle. In other words, what has Rabbi Akiva got an answer to? Rabbi Akiva has an opinion, but he's now got to say what he does with the verse that Rabbi Yossi Aglili uses. Rabbi Yosegili says means the number of people, the language, the extolling of God goes up. What's Rabbi Akiva going to do with that verse? If he doesn't believe it's used as proof text for the same concept of Rabbi Yosegili, then he's got to use it for nothing else. And this is why in a moment you'll see why I apologized when it started. He needs it for when we learned the Tanya. No, no, but, but next one, next line. Okay. 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 I was one week off after 29 years, and a half years, I apologize. This is Parashat HaShavuot for next week. If I skipped one more class, it would have been perfect, but I wanted to teach a Talmud, so Karen, please forgive me, you know. <laughs> this is Parshat HaShavuah for next week. Okay, Ashiratayam. What does he need it for? Sheafilu Ubarin. Even the embryos, the fetuses, Iman, in the wombs of their mothers, Amrushira Alhayam. Even they began singing. Because Why would they begin singing? Because they were saved. All of them were going to be killed. The pregnant women and the children, or the potential children, were in them. I've got to be careful with the language these days as we move to Supreme Court issues. <laughs> um, therefore, how do we know? Because he uses the same verse. The Makelot Barhu Elohim Mimikor Yisrael. Okay? Not only in, in Makela, Makela is a 
choir. And the choirs of Baruch Hashem, Mi Mekor Yisrael. And Mekor Yisrael means from the inside of Israel. Right? From the real core of Israel. So the play on here isn't the Makelot, it's the singing, but where does it come from? Mi Mekor Yisrael, from the very central focus, the major part of Israel. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure why. Okay. Now we have another. If you go a week later and you stand at, at Sinai, there's a midrash which also says who was there. Everybody, including the ubarim b'me'ei aman, even the embryos, the fetuses in the wombs of their mothers, meaning everybody and every generation yet to be born. We say later in Devarim. So this is a, it's a, this is a concept that, that basically says to recognize the presence of God at those two events, which are seminal events in Israelite history and in Jewish history. In Israelite history, we remember the Shira every day. Every day we remember the Shira. We don't remember Sinai every day. There was a big machloket whether we recite the Ten Commandments or not each day. If you look at traditional Sidurim, very often they'll be restated at the beginning, but they're not part of the liturgy. Why? Because we're told that they, people would be concerned that if you read the Ten Commandments, you would feel that you needed, didn't need to say anything else. After all, these were the big statements. And therefore, if you said that, you didn't have to read all of the other tefillot. Right. I know it would greatly. But you would need a chazan, you would need a rabbi, etc. So I'm glad for a long service. So I need a job. So from that point of view, eventually the concept of the Ten Commandments were not recited in the liturgy. We don't recite much about the Sinai at the liturgy. We do recite every day about the Shira. So that becomes the seminal event. Why has it become the seminal event? Because it's Yat Mitzrayim. It's leaving Egypt and being saved after leaving Egypt. Because without the Shiratayam, you could have left and all drowned in the sea. So, for this particular concept, he has the, the dealing with Makela, which is the song, Mim Mekor Yisrael, from the innards, I would translate it as, of Israel, meaning the women carrying babies. Even they were singing when they were saved at. At, uh, the sh- at this, the Reed Sea at Yamsuf. Okay, and what what is pr- this purpose? The purpose is Rabbi, Yaki- Rabbi Yossi says I use this verse for X, and the question now of Rabbi Yossi is All right, so what are you going to do with that verse? If you don't think and agree that Rabbi Yossi's opinion, and you don't agree and think that Rabbi Yossi's opinion for that verse is appropriate, you've got to come up because no verse is. Useless. Every verse has something to say. Every word has something to say. To Rabbi Akiva, every vav has something to say. Every et has something to say. Okay? Nothing is superfluous in the Bible, in the Torah at least. Okay? There's a big disagreement between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Ishmael. Rabbi Ishmael basically says, Dibrat Torah Kilshon Bnei Adam. You don't harp on every single word. Spoke in the language of men. And there's a whole school of Rabbi Ishmael. Rabbi Akiva says every letter is important and every letter can have a drasha, can have a, an exposition on it. Those two schools become very important because they lead eventually to different editions. As an example, 
there's a mechilta. Mechilta is the halachic midrash on the book of Exodus of Shmot. There was the mechilta, the, the, the Rabbi Shimon, which was the most famous one that most people would use. But there's also the Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, which is the Rabbi Akiva school. And you can trace these books in these schools. And if any of you have read, now translated into English, Heavenly Torah of, of Heschel, okay, which was translated by my friend Gordon Tucker from Torah Shalmala, it deals with the schools of Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Ishmael. This is the, the different kinds of way of looking at the way of Drasha. Rabbi Akiva eventually becomes the more important one, but Rabbi Ishmael is really the way we kind of study it, saying there's a meaning to all of this. And not just each letter or each word giving an opportunity for exposition and uh, moving beyond the text. Okay, so here Rabbi Yossi Aglili is, is takes it in one way, Rabbi Akiva takes it another way, and we can ultimately say, therefore, okay, we understand Rabbi Akiva. Now, what what's the next question? What's the next question going to be? What does Rabbi Yossi Aglili say to this? And what does he do? You remember, you've got to have... It's fine for Tanaim to disagree. They're of the same era. But you've got to find out why they disagree. And if one uses the verse here, the other one has to use that verse. So if that verse is used there, so what is Rabbi Yossi Aglili going to be doing? Okay? That's the question. So, what is the other one saying? Nafka I don't need the makelot. Right? What is Rabbi what is ultimately Rabbi Yosigla says? Mimakelot Parhuelokim. That I'm able to say that you're able to, to use that. Rabbi Akiva says, I got the whole verse. Makelot and Mikor. And what what is Rabbi Akiva Yosigla says? I understand the verse, but I don't need Makelot there, I need Mikor. And I'm not doing my drasha on the early part from the core. I can use it here. And therefore, what do we have now? We have two different, two different opinions, each based on either the same verse, on the same verse or same concept. They both can answer the other one. It's a legitimate halachic discussion. And the Talmud now comes and says, Amarava. Halacha Rabbi Akiva. Which is a way we follow. We don't change the words whether it's once it hits ten or a hundred or a thousand or ten thousand. It's always the same words no matter what. From three to ten is the same words, and from ten above, there is no maximum, is the same words with Zimun and the same words with Barhu. We don't add anything. The minimum with Barhu has to be ten because you need a minion. Rabbi Meir said No, Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Meir Omer. That's what Rabbi Akiva believes, and the Edak is Rabbi Yosef Haglili. Rabbi Meir, remember, is a student of Rabbi Akiva. Now, now we're going to get to excuse me a sec. What we're going to get to now examples of this kind of thing. Of different kind of things that happened, Masim Shehayu. You'll notice most again to just show you the seams of the Talmud. When you're dealing with Yosi Aglili and Rabbi Akiva, it's all Hebrew. The Idach and these kind of things is the Talmudic discussion on it. Now we're going to go to Babylonia as such, and here's some Masim Shehayu. 
actual cases where this came into effect. Ravina Verab Hama Bar Buzi Iklau Okay, so Ravina and Rav Kama Barbuzi Ikluhu happened to be at the home of the Reshit Golam. And we had the Reshit Golam before, the Exolar, very important person, etc. You know where you are now, first of all by the language, and you know it's the Exolar, so you clearly are in Babylonia, or outside of Israel. Kam Rav Kama Veka Mahadar Ave Okay, come Rabbi Chama. Okay, he in a sense got up and Ka Mahadar Abemeya. He followed what happens with regard to 100. Okay, meaning he followed what the Mishnah basically said according to Rabbi Yossi Aglili and added special words because there were 100 people there. Not surprising, remember the house of the Exilar. Equivalent of, you know, the Rebbe eating in front of the, his dynasty. Yeah. It, that's the way you have to see it. People come and watch to, to see how he acts. This is a big open house, if you will, that they come, and there were a hundred people there, and Rabbi Kama Barbuzi basically said, now is ready to do Birkat Amazon, and he's willing to do it with the hundred, adding the special words beyond Nevarech. Amar le Ravina. Then you don't have to do that. You don't have to add these words. Why? Meaning, what does this show you? That are still in Babylonia, a little bit later. They were Ravina and Ravashi are very Ravina we know approximately when he lived. According to the internal uh, evidence of the Talmud. The Talmud was edited by about 500 of the common era with Ravina and Ravashi. Those are the last two. We know there was editorial stuff afterwards. So you're dealing now with close to the beginning of the 6th century, which means that this still was fluid. There were still people, Rabbi Chama Barbuzi, we don't know how many others, who still held, like the Mishnah said, once you get to a hundred, you add extra words. Ravas comes to him and says, you know, Ravina comes and says, you don't have to. Halachaka Rabbi Akiva, you don't add extra words, that's it. But it shows me that there were still a number of traditions, and he was dealing, willing to do it in, in, the, in the house of Reish Galuta, which is as high a position as you can get in terms of being in the Babylonian community. So it again shows you within the scenes a little bit of history having to do with the Talmudic text. Everybody with me? Okay, so before we go on, let's look at the Iyunim on the previous page, the last line, Beta Knesset of Birkat Amazon. Okay? Mm-hmm. The second one, Beit Knesset of Birkat Amazon. Beta Knesset of Birkat Amazon. Shekishayesh. Afal pi 
לאלוהינו. כי בית הכנסת הוא מקום המיוחד לקדושה וראוי להשכרת השם, מה שאין כן מקום הסעודה. אוקיי, so what it's basically saying here is, basically you only say ברכו את השם when? In the M you have a minion. So why don't you do the same thing with regard to Suda? Why that you should only maybe do uh, a, a Zimun with regard to Suda? And the response is Beit Knesset Makom Amiyuchad LeKedusha. It's a place that's special for sanctity. V'Raui LaHaskarat Hashem. And it makes sense to say God's name. Masha'in came Makom Suda. Eating around the table is not the same thing. So you need a minimum of ten. Where for it's okay to do a minimum of three for Birkat Amazon. You only add God's name once you hit ten. Okay, and that's that's what he's saying here. All right, what we're going to do now is we're going to go back again to Babylonia on the next page to different concepts of people eating in different places. Amasim shehayu. Remember before we had what happens if you have six people. Do you divide into two into two threes? Do you keep them together? What happens if you have eight? Okay, so they're now going to. Is it better to have smaller groups? Three and three, three, three and three. Is it better to keep people together? All of these. This is what they're going to deal with. And it's 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 actually a very interesting uh, passage because it deals again with the realities of the situation, not just in theory. But I think with the realities and situation of, of the life at that time, um, and we'll have to put ourselves back into it. Okay, so we're going back to the text. Amar Rabba. Ki achilinan rifta bei reish galuta mevarchidan shlosha shlosha. Okay, ki achilinan rifta is chala is chala bread lechem. Okay, when we were eating bread, meaning we had a full meal, we had to say Birkat Amazon. Where again? Be Reish Galuta, in the Exilarch's house. Mivarchin Shlosha Shlosha. We said Birkat Amazon. There were three people sitting here, and there were three people sitting over there, and there were three people sitting over there. Instead of, instead of, everybody together. Okay, at least ten. Because remember, we had big crowds. Okay, so in other words, there were three people sitting here. When we finished, we did Birkat Amazon. Yeah. When you finished, you did Birkat Amazon. You didn't wait for everybody to do a larger thing. So the response becomes. <laughs> so if there's such a big crowd, which you know happens at the house of the Reish Galuta, then at least do ten and ten. Then you can say Elokeinu. It's not just three three people doing it privately. You can at least do somewhat publicly. Others, if you're going to divide up, and you're not going to do, let's say, there are 250 people. Okay, you're not doing 250 people together. At least do it in groups of 10. Then you can say alokenu instead as well. Why this private thing of doing three and three? Okay, interesting, fascinating answer actually. Okay. The ikpad. Okay, the Reish Galuta Lehakpid. What does Lehakpid mean? To take notice. He would take notice, and what it really means, he would be affronted. He would be insulted. 
Okay, why would he be insulted? Let's go on and see. Okay, so what, what's happening here? We're eating 250 people here in the house of the Reish Galuta. Okay, and Larry, my, Sandy and I, fin well, Sandy wouldn't have been counted then, but we'll count Sandy today. That's <laughs> <laughs> a great day. <laughs> we're, and, and we're, so we're here, and we finish up, and we say, Larry, the Kohen, lead us in Birkat Amazon. Okay? The question was, well, why don't we wait for this side of the table at least? Why don't we get ten together? And the response is, the, re the, Rosh, the Resh Galuta might be makpid. He might be insulted. It's an affront to him. So let him lead. So let's wait for the Resh Galuta to eat. Alright, so let him lead and we can have a bigger group together. And the response... How did these dinners end? Well, we're going to see in a moment. Could, you'll see in a minute. The answer here is very fascinating. I did I do the avshu because it is so noisy. Oh. It was so noisy. If 250 people, I'm just taking a number, nobody would be able to hear one another. Okay? Clearly, no microphone. It doesn't matter if it's Shabbos or not, Shabbos, right? So it's better for people to be able to do it here. That's the first answer. There's, this isn't the only answer. Okay? And, and um, uh -huh. where, just listen. Okay? This isn't the only answer, but this is one of the answers. Meaning, if three people are together, no matter how much noise there is, Larry will move or he, you know, Larry will make it loud enough so we'll be able to say it. But if I've got a whole crowd and they're finishing, we have to wait till they all finish eating, what do Jews do while they eat? Talk. And when they do when they finish eating, talk louder. Okay, so it's like waiting and everything else. So, what I want to look at first of all is 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 Rashi, and I'll read the Rashi for those who have it. On the second line, it says Mavarkin Tlata Tlata. Okay, you'll notice the the Talmud says Shalosha Shalosha. The Rashi takes it Tlata Tlata, meaning three by three in the Aramaic. Whether he had their they had a different manuscript or not, I don't know. Okay, Resh Galuta Me'arich Bisu'udato. The Rosh Gola was a slow eater. And he would take a long time to eat. Now, why might he take a long time to eat? Number one, people are bothering him. I know what this is. I know what Kiddush is like for me. Okay? Rosh, if I, if I don't run to the... And, and sometimes he'll excuse me to butt in a little bit, I get no food or Some Everybody's got something to say to me. So I'm a fa I happen to be a very fast eater anyhow. I've learned to eat very quickly. Um, because otherwise, if you're a slow eater, my brother-in-law, God bless him, is one of the slowest eaters I ever met. I don't know how he does kiddush. It's just impossible for me to understand. Um, so, Reish Galuta Marich He takes his time. What else has he got to do? He's wealthy. He's the head of the community. He's going to work. He's not going to work. He can take his time. When do you eat quickly? When you got to run someplace. When you know, in the middle of the day, you got to run out. He can take his time. He's going to have his servants come. He wants to see his subjects. You know, all that kind of thing. Marich besudato. Va'anan kol shlosha v'shlosha shegamru sudatan mazminim bekol namuch. And we, every time we finished it, we're not going to wait for him. Heck to him. Wait for the rabbi? Who waits to do that? Okay? 
the three of us, in quietly, but kol namuch, are going to say Birkat Amazon to ourselves. Because we're finished. He wants to take his time. Good for him. we got to get off to work. we got to get someplace else. V'yoshvin achar abracha ad shegamar resh galuta. And they're going to, but be out of respect, they're going to sit until the Rosh Kagola, the Exilarch, finishes his meal. And they'll sit there and wait for him, at least then to answer properly the Koram. Okay? So, again, you ask Larry, how did they finish their meals? Here's an example of what was happening. Okay? It was chaos. <laughs> okay? Typical Jewish meal. And finally somebody said, you know, look, I can't wait much longer. He's going to take his time. He's got all the time in the world. I'll do Birkat Amazon. But out of respect, sometimes you waited for the Rav, the Rosh Kagola, to be able to do it itself. That's the tech, That's what the text is telling us. So how did they finish? They finished when the Rosh Galuta finished. They finished when the Chasudah Rebbe finished. You don't finish before the Rebbe. Okay? But you don't want to sit that long when he's going to sit as long as he wants. Marich Bisudato. Rashi's got a, it's a wonderful comment in terms of, again, the, the reality of the situation. Let's go back to now to um, the text itself, and we're not finished with this concept yet. Amar Rabba. Amar Rabba Tosafa Tosafa'a Okay, Rabba says these three, Dikrache Rivta, who ate bread, Bahade Hadade, with one another. Three people who had a meal together. Okay, and this ha- this happens sometimes to me. You know, I'm sitting with people, and um, as I say I eat rather quickly. Just gotten used to it, and I'm finished, and I'm kind of ready to move on. And I do berkatamazon to myself, and then the people sitting around says, you know, we got three of us here, we got ten of us here. Let's do berkatamazon. I've said it. Do I get counted? What do I have to do? Am I one of those? Am I not one of those? Etc. Okay? Okay, so, the Kadim, Kadim means, Kadim, he, he was advanced, he was first, he finished. Chad mean I one of them. Uvarich ledate. He did it by himself. He said, Birgad Amazon, by himself. Go ahead. Inun Davkin Bizman Deidei Inhun, they, Nafkin, Lahotzi, they fulfill the obligation, Vizimun Didei. He can be counted, okay, in, in, the, zim, in the Zimun. She'en zimun lemafreya. Mafreya means ex post facto. Right. Ex post facto, meaning he's done berkatamazon. Can he now be counted as one of them, and or could he leave them? Okay. So, well, let's we'll look at from it first at, at the Steinsatz, who says, I'll read it. She'im acharkach zimnu shnei acherim. There are now two people there. Okay, and they did zimun. 
And the third one is added to them. Who's already said They can add him as the third, even though he said the Birkatamazon. So he would say the Varech we would offer the Zimun as well. And that person who already had done it earlier, but he doesn't fulfill the obligation of Zimun. Because after he has said the bracha, he can't go back and say, whoops, now I'm going to finish the other bracha too. So the first thing we learn is that if at all possible, you do Zimun. There's a mitzvah to do Zimun. Secondly, we learn that you can be included but you don't fulfill your obligation of zimun. It's not the worst thing. You've said Birkat Amazon. Okay? As we've learned, Birkat Amazon is from the Torah. Zimun is from the rabbis. So it's not the worst thing. Ain't Birkat Amazon That's what it's telling you. Okay? No, no, no. Just... I'll tell you what it's doing. I want to look at... There's just it, I just found this stuff fascinating, so I want to look, look again at Rashi. Okay, um, where it's it says Shama Resh Galuta. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Im Mizamnin Masara Asara. Remember we said they should do the, the three. Why shouldn't they do a ten and ten? Hayasarichem Varech Lahagbiya Kolo. If you're doing ten, if we're if I'm sitting here with Larry and Sandy, we can do it quietly. But if I'm doing it with half this room, I've got to raise my voice. Lahagbiya kolo. Alright? In which case, Vishma Resh Galuta. The Resh Galuk would say, What are those guys doing over there? I'm not finished eating. What audacity do they have to, to say, Birkatamazon? Vicharelo. And he would be upset. That we would create our own little group in public. Even though they've actually finished, done their proper thing with regards to saying God's name. And if the Resh Galut afterwards leads it with the with Haskarat Hashem, they won't fulfill their obligations. etc. And that's why we get this whole thing of Zimun Lamafreya. So it's, some of it's based on the feelings of the Resh Galuta. You don't want to insult him. He is the exilarch. But he's taking his time eating. And the three of us finished. We're sitting here twiddling our thumbs. We want to move on. And we say, let's the three of us okay. And the response in that case is, that's all right. But if you start doing ten, then you gotta, i got to be louder so Marcy can hear me get back down that way. That the Resh Galut is going to hear. And he's going to be affronted by saying, they couldn't wait for me. What kind of respect is that for the Resh Galuta? And therefore, three, okay, but ten already is no. And then if you're sitting around waiting for the Reish Galut, you don't do Zimun Lamafreya, you don't get the credit, the Lhotzah, the, the uh, fulfilling of the obligation, ex post facto. That's why it's all put together this way. Everybody with me? Okay, so, and this plays out. As I say, this plays out if you're, if you're having meals with people in, in, in a public thing, and do you wait for everybody to finish Dubrikat Amazon? Don't you wait? Do you try to do Zimun? 
you know, once you get three together, it's good enough. You wait till you get ten. I mean, it does play out, actually, for those people concerned about Birkat Amazon, and if possible, to do the Zimun attached to it as well. Okay, so it's not an unusual case. Clearly, with the Reish Galuta and everything, that's the unusual case, because that particularly, of course, um, is involved with the community in which they were involved. Okay? All right, so now we go to, to, we'll keep going in the text. Rabbi Yishmael, let me just remind you, it's what it just, what it just said. The end of the Mishnah was Rabbi Akiva, Mamatzinu Veknesed, Echad Murbim, Echad Mutim, Omrim, Omer, Baruch Et Hashem, and Rabbi Yishmael Omer, Baruch Et Hashem Hamivora. Okay, now the Rabbi Yishmael. Where are we dying? Rabbi Yishmael Omer, Rafram, Bar Papa, Ikla, Levei, Okay, so Rafram Bar Papa. I actually talk about Rafram Bar Papa once a year. Anybody know where? Very good, very good. The Siyum Air of Pesach. The Hadron has. Rough from Bar Papa, this one Bar Papa, that one Bar Papa, this one Bar Papa. Okay, remember? Yeah, you guys are by that time you're ready to eat, and I just and I'm not finished. As usual, no mamas, just the papas. Yeah. Equally. La vekanishta, vekanishta, vetakneset. He was in the Pneset de Abe Givar, wherever that is, wherever that. Okay. Okay. Sifra in this case is the book. The Torah. He got up and read in the book and said, Okay, so here. Now, Raphram Bar Papa again is well into the Babylonian period, and there, there was still this disagreement. You say, when you get up to the Torah. Again, it shows you the fluidity of it. Rabbi Akiva said, just Baruch Hu Hashem. Rabbi Ishmael says, Baruch Hu Hashem Avorah. He got up and just said, Baruch Hu Hashem, Ve'ishtik, and he was quiet. Lo Amar HaMavorah. Meaning, he followed Rabbi Akiva and not Rabbi Ishmael. This was a number of centuries later in Babylonia, and they're still not sure exactly what they should do. Baruch Hu Et Hashem V'yishtek V'yishtek V'la Amar Hamevorah Right, Avshu Kulei Alma Avshu Kulei Alma Okay, so now what happens at this particular point? Okay, Avshu we had above We said Aidi de Avshu to make noise Well, what happens when we make a mistake on the Bima? People yell <laughs> Jews, you know? How dare whatever, okay? Hey, what you forgot it. Didn't you know anything? Okay? It's a quiet it shows you that shul life is shul life. It doesn't really change. Okay? People are dissatisfied. It's not this the quiet church community where you kinda accept what's happening. I presume that's the way Ron, I don't know. <laughs> that's what I'm told. <laughs> Here you know, walk you know, it's the old story. What the more right wing you get the more noise you get at shul. And that is actually a fact. I've only walked out of one shul my entire life, 
It was a Chabad shul where I couldn't help myself think. And every three seconds they were clapping on here for, for the Torah reading. And everybody around me was talking business. The Holy Rollers, I'm no good, etc. I was an JTS student. I was visiting Brian's uncle and aunt. We went to, I went to shul. I couldn't hear myself think. It was unbelievable. Every clap and a clap and... And all they did was talk during the Torah reading and tefillah and everything else too. You, where do you get decorum? The more left wing you get. The more left wing you get, the more decorum. So there are all kinds of stories of, of people here too. You, people who, who, non-Jews who come into this place. First of all, I know immediately who's invited to a bar mitzvah by what time they come. <laughs> right? If the shul says 8.50, they're there. All right? So, a couple of round people around the table, you know who you are, and I know who you are, as a matter of fact, are also there at 8.50. But I know if the kid goes to school and his friends come at 8.50, they're not the Jewish friends. It says 8.50, it starts 8.50. Secondly, you, you, you watch what's happened. You know, I've gotten people who, who you know, come to shul, non-Jews, or people interested in converting, whatever the case may be, and they watch and this person gets up there, and that person gets up here, and this person walks out, this person comes back, this person went hello, and this one, Torah, the Torah comes out, walks around, and what happens? Noise galore. Never mind on the high holidays, that's a whole different thing. Right? Just think of it. Decorum, i got to quiet you down here. Somebody walks in who's used to real decorum and says, what is this? It's like the shuk. It's like the shuk. All right? And is that, when is it the biggest part like the shuk? When you walk around with the Torah. Now, you would think you take the Torah out. Everybody wants to kiss the Torah, so it's a holy object. You're, you're walking it up to the Torah reading. What is everybody else doing? Finding out what you're having for lunch or talking or... Hugging and kissing you. Yeah, well, that thankfully I don't do. That I don't do. Uh, but again, when you come down to it, what, you know, just stand from... It's impossible for us to stand from the outside. But pretend that you come from the outside and you watch this thing. And then you go to an Orthodox synagogue where it's a total zoo in many cases. Think total zoo. People in and out and this and that and talking in Kiddush Club and talking about this and noise here, club here, you can't hear anything because there's no microphone. I mean, this is a fact. <laughs> it's not a, I'm not making it up. I don't have to tell you. Right? And then go to a reform synagogue where it may start at 10.30 or so and finish at 12. Quiet. Really very fascinating. Okay, so most of us come from where does what happens here? The reform is based on the churches here, the quiet and the German churches in, in in Germany. All the noise comes from Eastern Europe. <laughs> Jews who have to talk business the entire time. Came here. Uh -huh. Well, we definitely came here. As I say, the, the more right wing you go, the more noise there is in shul. It's almost a fact. Okay, I, I go to, to shul in, with, in, in Modi'in with my my son-in-law, my grandchildren. You know, my grandchildren tell my grandchildren they got to keep quiet. The people around me, I can hardly hear what's going on. It just drives me nuts. You know, it drives me nuts. So you don't want to sit in, go out, but don't bother everybody else. So what does it say here? Somebody makes a mistake on the bima, and everybody goes, "Hey, what's going?" Yeah, okay, Avshu. <laughs> you know. Nothing changes. Ain chadash tachadash shamash. There is nothing new under the sun. Same thing happens here. Okay, and I could give you chapter and verse, but I'm that would be not appropriate at this particular time. So uh, okay, so he only said baruchu et Hashem. 
They all yelled out, No, that's wrong! You can see the fights in shuls, right? That doesn't change. Nothing changes. They're still fighting in shul. From the bima, he says, And they said, You're wrong, you ignoramus, you boor, you whatever the case may be, they're going to use... At least they were listening. It's a good sign, at least, right? <laughs> they paid attention to be able to change the language. It's like forgetting Marshifa Ruach and Marina Right. At least that means you're, you, you should, you're supposed to correct something if you forget something, you know. At least, at least somebody knows that. Mm-hmm. So, what, what's the next thing? Amar Rava? No, 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 no. Let's just go up front. Amar Rava for Amar Rava. Okay. Patia. Ukama. Okay, Pachya Ukama. The way the way he translated it is Sir Shahor. A black pan. Pot. And according to is that the way it translated? Pot, black pot. Okay, and according to the way Rashi takes it is it's a ter- it's a words of endearment. I'm not sure how I'm calling somebody a black pot it means that words yeah. of endearment. But it says a fond nickname for a Torah scholar who invests great effort in Torah study and worship of God. Right. Meaning he looks he looks putrid because he's been sitting in the in the yeshiva the whole time. Okay, his eyes are black, etc. But my dear sir, you should know better, basically. <laughs> what are you getting involved in the argument for? You know there's a Rabbi Akiva Rabbi don't get involved. Everybody does it like Rabbi Ishmael. Here's Rabbi, here's not Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Ishmael. Okay, so he's saying, come on, guy, you're supposed to be smart. Everybody knows you follow Rabbi Ishmael. Barhu et Hashem Hamavorah. That's what he was yelling at him for. Okay, he should have known better. But it does show me that even in Rafram Bar Papa's time, which I say is much later in the Talmudic period. There was a group that still said Baruch Et Hashem. Okay, so you have different customs that were still played out within the um, experience of Birkat Mazon, of the synagogue, even things as uh, traditional as Torah reading itself. Okay, um, let's see. All right, no, no. I want to go to the Iyunim. We're not. We'll stop here for the mission of it. Let's look at the Iyunim in the bottom page. Loshami shalosh chavurot. Loshami shalosh chavurot. Lehalachazu nitan gam tirush choreg kedarkam. No, no. Okay. Let, let, no, I don't want. To, I'm sorry. That. Let, let's. Let, that'll be for the next mission. Let's look at Orcha Halacha better. Sorry. Apologize. Orcha Halacha. Halacha leputzot tanor. So, in a time where it's where it's very difficult to hear everybody and lead, have somebody lead everybody, it's better to break up into smaller groups and to save your Karamazon by yourself. Because you won't be able to hear what the, the, the person's leading. It's better to do your Karamazon in three by three or 
as the case may be. And if the Balabayid, whose house you're at, says, you can go ahead, whenever you're ready to do Birkat Mazon, it's okay to do it by threes. The way they did it in the Rosh because the Rosh was at the Balabayid in this case. Meaning, if you're going to, if you can participate in a larger one, so much the better. But if you can't, and you have three people together, you're sitting at a restaurant, one of the kosher restaurants, and there are people at this table and that table and this table, and that table is finished. Do they wait for the next table to finish? The answer is they don't have to. They can do Birkat Amazon on their own and, and do Zimun by three. Next one. Zimun Okay, so three of them were eating together. One of them said Birkat Amazon by himself. The two, the two other ones can include him so that they can have a zimun. Because he already blessed, he doesn't get the mitzvah of zimun. That's all. Finally, Barhu. Barhu et Adonai. Nahagu hakol. Mizman hagmara. Not Nafman is the Mishnah, but Bismanagara Agmara, it is the custom of everybody, Lomar. Lomar. Barhu et Adonai Hamvorach. Shehu Yotse Yachol. Yachol da deot atanaim. Because that includes everybody. If it's Barhu et Hashem, that clearly is included in Baruch Hashem of Arach, so that includes everybody. It's Rabbi Yashino. But it's another by the Talmud already, he's saying that that was the custom. Meaning that in earlier times there were different customs. Okay, which again shows you the fluidity and the flexibility that was part of the ritual nature, even though he got yelled at. The saying, there was a, a common tradition that said, that's Rabbi Akiva, that's the way we do it. He, on the other hand, already learned that that was the case. Okay, questions? Okay, so again, what you learn from this little text are respect for the Reish Galuta, how you do Birkatamazon on your own. What happens when there are mistakes? <coughs> synagogue life, when it comes from, etc. Um, we'll go on, God willing, next time, the last class before we, we break for a couple of weeks, with the Mishnah on, on page 219, Shloshashach Lukiachad. Okay? Thank you.